Welcome back to the Psychology Digest. As part of an enlightening podcast network, we're here to ignite your curiosity and inspire continuous learning. Join us as we explore the vast universe of psychology, unveiling a new hand-picked, bite-sized gem of journalism in each episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Blogcast, your personalized audio feed available on iPhone and Android. In today's episode of the Psychology Digest podcast, we explore the fascinating topic of genius and how it can be reactivated within us. Join us as we delve into the article, You Were Born a Genius, What Happened to It? How to Reactivate Your Genius and Preserve That of Your Children by Bernhard Kutzler. Discover the secrets to unlocking your hidden potential and learn how to nurture the genius in your children. Are you ready to tap into your inner brilliance? Let's dive in. You were born a genius. What happened to it? How to reactivate your genius and preserve that of your children. Written and read by Bernhard Kutzler. The common view is that geniuses are extraordinary people who were born with special abilities or worked exceptionally hard, often both. However, this is a very limited perspective. According to my own research, and supported by three prominent voices, everyone is born a genius. But in most cases, the genius is lost as people grow up. According to this perspective, adult geniuses are those who have kept at least part of what they have been born with. Follow me as I explain how genius is lost, so that you can preserve your children's genius and reactivate your own. At the end, I'll give you some exercises to get started. What is a genius? The word genius has the root gene, which means give birth, beget. Literally, a genius is someone who generates or creates. Most people associate the word create with artists and their works, but this is too narrow a view. This word comes from Latin creare, which means to grow. To be creative means to let something grow, to produce something, such as a sandcastle, a text, a drawing, an art style, or a scientific theory. Wikipedia has a rather complex definition of genius. I like how Oxbridge sums it up as follows. Defining genius isn't easy, but it's safe to say that intelligence, creativity, and outside-the-box thinking all play their part in making a genius a genius. You can learn more about intelligence in my blogcast, What is Intelligence? Every child meets these criteria and is therefore a genius. It learns to walk and to speak without taking lessons. It explores everything itself without consulting instruction manuals. It is constantly reading in between, which is what the word intelligence truly means, creating and thinking outside its personal box, thus outgrowing itself day after day. And it exhibits all the other qualities often attributed to genius, such as focus, initiative, independence, courage, and perseverance. If you are not convinced yet, just observe a child exploring the world and then try to argue why it is not a genius. Everybody is a genius, 
But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it is stupid. Albert Einstein But that is exactly what happens in our education system. For an analogy, imagine a school for the animals of a forest. Each animal must take lessons in all subjects, flying, swimming, digging, climbing, collecting nuts, and so on. Each animal excels in some subjects, but fails miserably in others. None earns the degree Master of Forest. Every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. Pablo Picasso I am convinced all of humanity is born with more gifts than we know. Most are born geniuses and just get degeniused rapidly. Buckminster Fuller Let's look at how we get degeniused when growing up. Imagine a child completely engrossed in its play, which is nothing but an insatiably curious exploration of the world. It's lunchtime and a parent calls the child to eat. The child says that it is not hungry, but it must obey. Is it really not hungry? Yes, because it was completely focused on its play. Imagine Picasso painting a picture. It's noon and his wife calls out, Pablo, lunch is ready. Can you seriously imagine Picasso dropping his brush and palette and going for the food? Or Einstein interrupting a thought experiment because dinner has been served? You too will have experienced situations where you didn't want to be interrupted for a meal. Why should we apply different standards to children than we do to ourselves? Play is the highest form of research. Albert Einstein A child is a little genius on the way to becoming a big genius. The playing child satisfies its curiosity, which is nothing but mental hunger. The child is pulled out of its play-slash-research and forced to eat, even though it is not physically hungry. This creates several unfortunate programs. First, the child must stop its curious exploration of the world. It learns that its curiosity is wrong. Second, the child is torn out of its focus. It unlearns to stay focused. Third, The child has to eat even though it is not hungry. It learns to follow other people's directions instead of its own impulses. Fourth, therefore, the child learns that its feelings and instincts are worth less than outside instructions. It learns that it is worth less than the people giving those instructions. It learns a feeling of inferiority. Fifth, The child at play is mentally hungry, not physically hungry. But it must not feed mentally. Instead, it must feed physically. The child learns to try to satisfy its mental hunger with physical food, which doesn't work. And because this happens again and again in this or similar ways, these programs, which are clearly the opposite of genius, become stronger and stronger. The result is someone who functions, consumes and feels inferior, a degenious person. The often heard argument that parents need to take care that their children eat enough is nonsense. 
A child has a natural mechanism that tells it when it's time to eat. Hunger. It will let you know when it needs food. Every baby is proof. But if the child has been trained to eat as a substitute channel for its mental hunger slash curiosity, it will pseudo-curiously explore the fridge instead of truly curiously explore the world. Look around for proof. Food plays a paramount role in our society. This role vastly outreaches the satisfying of natural hunger for food. There are more ways how curiosity is diverted, which includes collecting, buying, sports, sex, travel, information and drugs. I discuss them in my book Curiosity, the Mental Hunger of Humans. You were born a genius. And you were a genius when you were little. Just remember the boundless joy you experienced as a child when you curiously explored the world and outgrew yourself day after day. That curiosity, and with it the genius within you, was diverted or suppressed, but not destroyed because it cannot be destroyed. The longing within you to experience that joy again by living such a life again is proof that the genius in you is still alive. If you have the courage to free yourself from your programs, what remains is what you really are, a genius in a field that will reveal itself once you have removed the chunk that limits you. Take inspiration from Pablo Picasso, who said, It took me four years to paint like Raphael, but a lifetime to paint like a child. According to US-American writer Gertrude Stein, who was friends with Picasso and knew him very well, Picasso was possessed by the necessity of emptying himself. Which is another way of saying that he was possessed by the necessity of freeing himself from his programs. I've been exploring how to do this since 2011 and I write and speak regularly about my findings and experiences. To find out more, Listen to my other blogcasts, in particular to The 7-Step Method to Become What You Truly Are. A key to reactivating the genius within you is to unleash your natural, insatiable curiosity, which will then help you systematically find and master the programs that limit you. Here are some exercises to help you get started. Exercise 1. What is your eating behavior like when you are absorbed in an activity you like? What is your eating behavior like when you have to do something that you don't like? Exercise 2. What role does food play in your life? The next time you want a meal or snack, explore whether you are truly hungry or just looking for satisfaction. Explore what you are really craving for. Do something creative instead and observe what happens. Exercise 3. Observe children at play. Identify in them the key characteristics of genius. Focus, initiative, intelligence, creativity, out-of-the-box thinking, autonomy, courage and perseverance. Which of these qualities do you see in yourself? How strong are they and when do you use them? Exercise 4. Explore your own curiosity. Make a list of what you do to satisfy it. Exercise 5. 
How much of your day is spent curiously exploring something new? If this is not part of your current life, when was the last time you did this? What can you do to bring this back into your life? You can find more exercises in my book Being Free, Get Out of the Box, The Method with 99 Exercises. If you enjoyed this, you may also like our other podcasts, The Productivity Digest, The Self-Improvement Digest, The Life Digest, and Daily Science News. Stay curious, stay inspired, and thanks for listening.